playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Another game. You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast. I guess we're going to call this one the Rouge, White, and Two and Out CFL <laughs> podcast. Uh, joining me, Oz Davis, and my co-host, Joe Pritchard, this week is Travis Curra. Travis, the host of Two and Out CFL podcast. Great you to be here, Travis. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I think it's been far too long, fellas, so it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, it has been. It has been. Now, Joe, you had an ulterior motive for getting Travis on the show. So uh, why don't you tell us what that's about? Of course. So last year at Grey Cup, uh, Travis and Brazilian Thai hosted a live show at Grey Cup. Uh, and it was a great show. They brought in uh, both uh, Janine and, uh, from mm. Mouchoir. And they brought in mm-hmm. Ryan from Horseman uh, to talk about the upcoming Grey Cup because that was the matchup. Uh, I don't think Shanin's getting an invite this year for, th- for <laughs> reasons, uh, but who knows? Ryan may st- Ryan may end up on the show again this year. But they also did a per- a pierogi eating challenge with uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider Zach Evans, and I will let Travis tell us how that ended up. Well, I'm the pierogi king. That's that's all you need to know. Uh, my hand was raised at the end of the day. And so the next day, Zach kind of laid down the gauntlet. He's like, I want to rematch next year in Calgary. My rules. He wants to do brisket, which this is going to wreak even more havoc on my digestive system. <laughs> I'm kind of worried about how this is going to go. Of course, it'll change if the riders are in the Grey Cup, but the rematch tentatively scheduled for November 21st at Booker's Barbecue Grill in Calgary. <laughs> now, now, wait a second. Joe, you led with that? I thought that, okay, I, you stole my thunder. I was going to come in at the end. Okay. <laughs> Travis, I'm glad you're on the show because this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. So a couple, three months ago, Joe and I were talking about this right here on this show, um, that this thing, this contest, the rematch was coming up again. And now Joe thought that I was being foolish because as soon as I heard that the gauntlet had been rethrown, I guess, um, I'm like, OK, I'm taking Travis minus however many thinking you were going right. to get the minus on this thing. Travis released a uh, I'm sorry, not Travis, uh, your partner, Brazilian Thai, um, tweeted this out, I think, on Friday or Saturday. He put early line for the two and out CFL live has Zach Evans, four point five ounces over Travis Curra over under seventy two point five ounces. Now, Travis, don't you think that Joe and or this line are disrespecting you? I think it's an insult. (laughs) 
to say this is an absolute joke. I don't, I don't know what else I need to do. So you laid down 100 jelly beans. We had somebody yeah. else lay down 20. He said the line still hasn't moved. I, I think there's big money to be made if you uh, lay down some money on me. I like this because before you were talking about hell on your digestive system, it sounded like fear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I was nervous up until last year. Nah, Zach doesn't have what it takes to win this. I know that. Even though it's oh, even though right. it's his I choice like of challenge it. and his <laughs> choice of food, you're still gonna you're still gonna claim you're the king on this. I'll go into his kitchen and I'll be the brisket king. I don't care. Oh my! Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, the one thing I did want to ask you though, Travis, is I think I made a mistake. I might have been a bit too hasty in my wager. Okay, because I bet a hundred jelly beans, but I that's one hundred like Canadian metric jelly beans. So how many? What does that like translate to? What is the conversion rate on that to American imperial jelly beans? Seventy-two or something oh, like okay. that. No, seventy-two point seven. If you, if you just take out the green ones, you'll be good to go. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, uh, get rid of the black ones. Those things are disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not partial to those either, to be honest. Um, so. <laughs> In, well, not in all seriousness, but in a lot of seriousness. Um, so, again, you'll be doing the live show. Do you stream it? I mean, so how do people listen to your live stream at the Great Cup? So, last year we broadcasted on Periscope. And kind oh, of okay. a last-minute thing, I, I did it from my phone. And then in the middle of the show, somebody was calling my phone. And I'm trying to do this podcast <laughs> on stage. Whose phone is ringing? <laughs> it turns out to be mine. The vibration ended up knocking my phone sideways, streaming the ceiling for a while. <laughs> nice. But my wife was there to save the day. She put it back on track, and we broadcast it on Periscope. I want to have a better setup this year. We we do a couple months to get it figured out. So I'm going to definitely go Facebook Live with it. Um, we got a Facebook oh, cool. page com slash two and out cfl and i don't know if we can periscope and facebook at the same time but i'm going to get that figured out in the next uh, couple months here i don't know you might need two phones yeah <laughs> <laughs> make sure you turn vibrate yeah. off this time yeah that's a good that's yeah. a good idea too thanks thanks man and joe we might need you on stage judging by how your team's playing We'll see. Uh, it just depends on whether they end up with a big lead in the playoffs at any given point. Because if that happens, they're not going anywhere the next week. So if you're up by three touchdowns, you're just going to turn the game off? Uh, yeah, I've seen all I need to see here. I mean, I saw it, I saw it live in front of my face uh, about two months ago. And now it's – and then just to see a repeat. I was having flashbacks, man. It was like <laughs> When they when they when they broke out the slogan "No lead is safe," they didn't tell Winnipeg it's not actually in the rule book. Oh. They don't actually have to follow that. Well, line. let's let's be honest. Uh, it's, it's following the rules hasn't really been the Bombers' forte lately either. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. You did it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, um, Travis, yeah, come in sometime when you actually have time and come talk to us at the Rouge White and Blue again. But, uh, you know, good luck, man. I, 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 I believe in you, man. I, I got the money down. Thanks a lot. I can't wait for this. And, of course, you know, we're raising money for CFL fans fight cancer. Awesome. And they're raising Wellspring Calgary. And we've actually 
sold like about 80% of our initial allotment of tickets. So if you want to go, I mean, $15 for Joe is like what, eight bucks American or something like that. So, uh, (laughs) I've got got three already. I'm, I'm good, but our listeners better. Yep. So if you're south of the border, that's what, buy two, get one free, right? Uh, not quite. I wish it was that good. I would take that, but it's not quite that good. <laughs> yeah, so you'll be able to crush barbecue when you're at the show as well, and we're all going to be in meat pomas by the end of this thing. Wow, so how many uh, how many tickets are there, Travis? Well, the um, um, initial allotment, like right around the stage, was between 50 and 60 of them. And okay. they're basically gone, but it's kind of a two-floor okay. place. But I, huh. if, if you want the best view, it's probably best to get them uh, quicker and uh, get to the bar. I mean, we're not gonna totally fill the bar. You're you're obviously able to go to Booker's and have all the barbecue and crab and drinks that you uh-huh. want. But uh, yeah, if you want the best view, it's probably best to get on the eight. Do you, do you really want the best view? Maybe <laughs> not. Because, you know, <laughs> that were actually i think joe could probably speak to this in the crowd that were their gag reflex was tested once we started eating the pierogies like there were people not into that at all yeah i I was three or four rows back in the in the place and it was i could tell that there was a few people that weren't exactly thrilled by that i I was far enough away though so it was like oh this is kind of cool yeah, this is like, you know, Russell Crowe and Gladiator. You know, this is... This is too, and th- the greatest part of this is that uh, Fallon is the general manager at Booker's, and she is taking part in this contest. You know, Zach Evans is six foot four, six foot five, probably right near 300 pounds. And she... I, I want to know what the betting line is on her, because if she wins this thing... Zach and I, <laughs> we will never get past that. But she's apparently a certified barbecue judge, so she okay. really knows what's going on with uh, the barbecue. This is It's basically going to be a triple threat match up there, and uh, this one might be harder to watch than the pierogies, I'm thinking. <laughs> it probably, you probably do want to save your your beer-chugging rematch with Zach for, for another day, though, after that, because uh, you're going to be pretty full after all that. So you were with me Saturday night, and I was struggling, and that was two days after the pierogi challenge. Uh, this <laughs> the rest of my weekend off, but if I get another win under my belt, it's totally worth it. <laughs> oh my god, giving up the body! I love it. I love it for charity too. You're not even like doing the million dollar contract or anything, man. This is brilliant. Dude, if, 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 if there were a fantasy draft for eating, you'd be in my first round pick. I'm telling you. Awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, man, I got the jelly beans to back it up. <laughs> right. Uh, Travis, tell us all the wonderful places where people can find your stuff. Uh, our podcast comes out twice a week, every Monday and Thursday morning. Uh, on Twitter at 2 and out CFL. And the show's... And basically anywhere you get your podcast, so you mm-hmm. can find it there. Just find us on Twitter, and we'll we'll start there. Travis is definitely an essential listen on the CFL podcast front, in my opinion. Uh, thanks, 
Travis, thanks for showing up. Good luck again, like we say. And uh, yeah, come on sometime when you have time. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Again, I'm shocked. I, I thought that this was going to be about more than the competitive eating, but I guess Travis is, is a triple threat. Right? He's an expert in CFL football, professional wrestling, and professional eating. Yeah, uh, Joey Chestnut uh, had better watch himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant to ask him if he actually like studies techniques, but I don't think he's that serious. He's talking about the punishment that he felt over the next couple of days because I know that Joey has to relax for a few days, but I bet he's not as bad off as poor Travis is. But you got to love Travis giving up the body. For, and, 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 <laughs> it wasn't, the, and it wasn't and it wasn't it wasn't even a t- the, the the competition last year. It wasn't even really. It was obviously a speed thing, but it was an impressive amount of pierogies. It was a full family meal <laughs> in front of both of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could, I'm could. i sure that a guy like Travis or a guy like Zach is even more scary if they're not timed. Right? Because if you're just sitting around all day just eating these things, how many could you eat? Right? I mean – if you're not trying to cram it, if you're just like letting it go through your system naturally, I mean, you could eat like hundreds uh, in a I, day. I know I have trouble putting down a dozen when they're out of the pre out of the prepackaged <laughs> thing. I can't imagine. <laughs> oh yeah, but I'm sure it's easier when they're fresh. I'm sure uh, it's easier when they're fresh. They're lighter and stuff, right? But they're not. Yeah, not the package. Uh, possibly, but that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I am not belittling the accomplishment. Okay, I used to be the guy who used to win the eating contest. Okay, but my digestive system has slowed down. I don't do that to myself anymore. You know, trust me, I'm not belitt- I know what these sort of accomplishments take. Uh, so, not belittling the accomplishment. And again, all for a good cause and uh, all for some good publicity for a CFL podcast. So, certainly can't knock anything there with the uh, the brisket i almost said pierogi eating contest going down at this year's cfl great cup of course i'm sure we'll we'll name drop that event a few more times before we get to great cup because there's still like what six seven eight more weeks of football here before we get there so let's talk some cfl football i did not ask joe how he was doing at the top of this podcast as is my usual plot because on this edition of the show show because we had travis on the show and for other reasons um we're only going to do a deep dive on uh, what was really i think the real sort of axis turning game in the cfl this weekend which was unfortunately joe's blue bombers going down and a real nail biter to my montreal alouettes in montreal 38 37 okay now joe um, I was gonna ask at the top of this show whether you considered there's more of a bomber's loss or an Alouette's win, but I already know the answer to this. So why don't you explain your feelings on your 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 
more or less essentially off the Bombers bandwagon vis-a-vis winning the Grey Cup this year. Yeah, and, and it's for one simple reason. A championship team doesn't give up a 24-point lead. Now, Toronto happened a couple weeks, or about, what, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago? About, about two, not quite two months ago at this point, where they had a 20-point lead and let that get frittered away. Okay. Once is one thing. But a second time in basically the same situation, mind you, a lot more offensive firepower uh, from the team the second time around. But still, you've been in that situation before. You can't lose. You can't lose like that again. You just can't. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Montreal in a bit, but I looked through some numbers on the bombers because i've had a sneaking suspicion about them lately and um i was actually a little bit surprised at what i found basically it seems to me that for whatever reason the bombers are coming out in the second half flat they're coming out in the second half and they're throwing away these games in the second half and it's not just a 20 point 21 point lead here it's not just the game against toronto where all of a sudden you could see a momentum shift to Toronto's way at the end of the first half. Um, it's consistent. This has been happening. Okay, so in this eight-game run, they, they're they 4-4 and four, Okay, in the last eight games. And uh, I was just looking at the scores. Okay, first half score, they're outscoring opponents in those games 23-16. to 16. Okay, fair enough. But here's the weird thing. In the second half, yes, they're being outscored, right? But they're being outscored 12 to 9 on average, okay? Last game, the last game was a bit of an outlier. I mean, they have not been outscored by anywhere near that much in the second half. In the Toronto game, it was 18-7 in the second half, okay? So 11 points versus this game, 18 points. But what I don't get is, in general, not necessarily in this game, when Vernon Adams turned into, you know, Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, turned into, you know, Warren Moon in the fourth quarter, um, the defense is actually playing better ball in general in the second half than they are in the first half. So what's happening to the offense? The offense is just going to sleep and second half i mean literally in in these in these eight games there's five times when they don't score a touchdown in the second half i mean what's going on here that's exactly it uh besides i mean it's not like, labor, it's almost besides like flavor day where the offense kind of did a reverse of what their trend has been where they were asleep in the first half and came alive in the second half right besides right. that game that's pretty much it it feels like uh, it feels like they use everything they've got in the first half and they have nothing left for the second as far as whether that's play calling, whether that's they just catching bad breaks, whether that's I don't I can't really put my finger on why it is, but it is. Yeah, I just it's baffling because, you know, I was expecting this pendulum swing to be huge and I was expecting the the bombers to be outscoring by like 10 points in the first half and being outscored 10 points in the second half. But no, but no, they're actually playing quite well in the uh, defensively. They're playing quite well in the second half of these games. Um, You know, okay, again, last game was an exception, you know, but but that was another thing I wanted to ask you about. It's like, okay, you talk about these two instances where comebacks were made on 
on Winnipeg, or and or they threw the game away. Um, but these two games are in completely different circumstances, aren't they? I mean, wh- what is the common denominator really that the Bombers just choke? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean I that's say, a little harsh. I, I but... would, I, I, you know what? I, as as harsh as that word may be, that's pretty much exactly what has happened these past, in these two games we're talking about, Toronto and Montreal, mm. where they've yeah. given up these big leads. So, and the and another common denominator in these two games is that they've had this lead. They're up big in the middle of the second quarter, and they're starting to put the thing on cruise control, and then the defense gives up a touchdown right before right. the end of the half. Right. And then they have no idea what to do in the second half to make the make the momentum stop. Right. That happened in, in both of the games. Um, but, okay, here's another question, too. All right. Couldn't you just say that this whole game turned on Justin Medlock missing an extra point and or bouncing off the goalpost in the second half? I mean, isn't the difference just like one or two kicks by one of the most accurate kickers in the CFL? Well, Isn't it? it certainly didn't help arrest the, arrest the momentum, the the field goal miss. But right. it was, that was also from 53 yards. They have to give him a little bit more, a little bit more room to let the ball drift okay. a bit. 53 yards okay. is a tough ask for any kicker, even in this day and age. The missed extra point, I believe, happened when it was like what 34 to 10. I want to say, or it was one of the last touchdowns they scored. Yes. 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 So that kick that, should like, have had absolutely nothing to do with the result. Oh, okay. And yet they collapse in the second half and lose by a point. Then it's easy to go back in the second to the second quarter and go, did they lose the game there? Uh, no, they lost the game the whole second half. Yeah. 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 They did. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. I was also wondering this. Did we perhaps overvalue the Bombers a little bit after the 5-0 start, which was at BC versus Edmonton, at Ottawa versus Toronto, at Ottawa? Yes, <laughs> because then, <laughs> because then, and, it, and it's easier to say this in retrospect than it was then, yeah. but they came out absolutely flat in Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton right. lost Mazzoli pretty early in that game. And Dane Evans was fresh off the bench, and yet nothing. The Bombers' offense couldn't come try to take advantage of right. of the of Hamilton slowing down, putting numbers on the scoreboard. Mind you, Dane Evans has been a fantastic fill-in, and yep, that's and that team has somehow survived the inevitable quarterback injury that's happened to everybody this year. Uh, but even so, that was his first real exposure to, okay, it's your it's your team now. And the Bombers couldn't take advantage of that. The next week, they go in and have the Toronto debacle, which I got a live view of. And then I think, <laughs> I, I think things got back to an even keel in Bomberland because they did end up beating Calgary, which, I mean, that, that's that's a tough task to do no matter what. Inexplicably, Calgary's special teams gave up two kick return touchdowns, and the Bombers won by two points. So really, for most of that game, Calgary outplayed them as well. Then we're talking about 
BC. That was probably the BC and the Banjo Bowl were the last time the Bombers put full yeah. efforts out there. Because uh, even week 11, it took far too long to finish that game off when they mm-hmm. had a lead. It took Willie Jefferson making a ridiculous play on an onside kick to stall momentum there when Edmonton mm-hmm. hadn't been doing anything all game long and then all of a sudden, touchdown, and here we go. Right. <laughs> they were right. able to stop it then only because Edmonton got started too late. Right, right. And then, yep. we, and then we talked about Labor Day being the opposite because Saskatchewan got off to the hot start. Winnipeg had the hot second half. But then the defense couldn't keep Saskatchewan off the board from 105 yards away. So yeah, 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 you have yeah, that. But the yeah. but that game wasn't on the defense. That was it was Labor Day. That's just the kind of thing that happens to the Bombers, <laughs> right? Because uh, they had a couple opportunities to put more points on the board in that second half. One of them ended with Chris Jeveler hitting a rider that was probably about 10 yards away from him when he threw the ball, right in the chest. So. <laughs> That's the kind of that's just that's Labor Day and bomber fans have learned to accept. That. See, you or say you don't have supersti- you say you don't have superstitions, <laughs> but you believe in the ghost of Labor Day. That you one do, is man. hard you to do. ignore at this point. <laughs> and then and then we and then as we're going through the season, they come back and okay, everything's fine now. They just took care of Saskatchewan in the Banjo Bowl and made it impressive and actually were able to keep their foot on the gas the whole way at least defensively because the offense slowed down late but at that point they were playing to kill the clock so when you're up that much you're not going to put up a ton of points right and then there was a bye week and then well here we are again right 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 easily their worst uh second half performance to date especially after the first half when it didn't even look like the Alouettes had a defense out there. Um, I was <laughs> pretty stunned. I, I actually put this game down and picked it up the next morning because 34 to what, 17 at half, and then you know uh, seven of that was that last second uh, touch. Well, almost last second touchdown to close out the half. Yeah, I was not expecting uh, that comeback in the second half. Now I want to ask you something, Joe, and, and and I mean I don't mean to be like a negative Nelly or whatever, but am I wrong to be really angry at Vernon Adams? No, you're not wrong there. I mean, okay. So Vernon Adams, I mean, hell of a game, uh, <laughs> in, in both senses of the word, because, you know, there was a lot of no, no, yes, yes. There's a lot of that in this game. Uh, a lot of don't throw that. Oh, okay. Good catch. A lot of circus catches. A lot of threading the needle as well. You know, can't, can't take too much away from Vernon Adams. The numbers say 27-43 for 488 yards with four touchdowns against one interception. Um, and, of course, leading three touchdown drives in that third quarter to, you know, go 21-3 to in this second half. That's what the numbers say, but then all anybody takes away from this game is the fact that he pulled a seriously, I mean, how can I say it, violent move on the field against Adam Big Hill, you know, for for no apparent reason other than, you know, lost his mind, I suppose, Um, you know, what did you rip the helmet off his head and then try to hit him with it? This poor fucker, (laughs) you know, uh, um, 
And I guess, I guess, you know, we're lucky in Montreal, quote unquote, that Vernon is only going to get suspended for a game. I mean, what do, what do people outside of, you know, Montreal think, Joe? I mean, uh, every opinion, I've seen every opinion under the stars on this, and most of them mm-hmm. are just completely batshit insane. <laughs> how so like the out of control reactions or you've what? got everything from bomber fans being very very upset and honestly somewhat legitimately so that adams wasn't ejected because that happened with six right. minutes left in the game with the alouettes down right. 13 there's the thought process that that cost the bombers the game which i could see that but at the same time, the Bombers were doing a great job blowing it all on their own. So who knows Who knows what would have happened there? I, don't th- I think the Bombers get away with it if Adams is ejected there, but I can't say that for sure. <laughs> but then you have the other extreme where... Well... Oh, but then you have the other extreme that comes out that says, well, did he actually hit him with the helmet? Um, what does that matter? You want to explain yeah. that one to me? Yeah, no. So nobody was happy. No, I don't. Nobody was happy with any portion of this. Uh, I believe it was the wise philosopher Bill Watterson uh, with Calvin and Hobbes that ended a strip <laughs> with Calvin saying a good compromise makes everybody mad. Well, I would have to say this is a good compromise because Adams did deserve the suspension, which honestly I'm sad to see that he did this in the first place because uh, I really like watching the guy. I like him a lot more when he's not dissecting my team in the second half, but I really like watching the guy. It oh, yeah, seems he's just like, been fantastic. This it season. seems like, though, the players have, you know, made up. Adams is owning up for it. If this had to happen, I'm glad that it's going to go away on its own slowly, and it seems like both parties are kind of letting this one go at this point. Huh. Wow. But uh, let me tell you, um, the fans aren't, and they never will, I'm sure. (laughs) I've got a hot take that I don't think anybody's going to really appreciate because most folks believe in due process. But uh, i got a question for you. What's the – help me out here. What's the policy on drug testing in the CFL? It's random, and they don't publicly release the results. Is that correct? I that sounds right. I can't because that's the sure. NBA. That's what they do in the NBA. I know for sure. Uh, the NFL, who knows? I don't even think there is a policy. But okay, because man, when I see something like this, the first thing I think is roid rage. Absolutely. To me, if I were head of the com- if I were commissioner of the CFL, I would have said ten minutes after that game test this guy because when i see something like that or i see something like you know the one that always sticks with me is the um clemens piazza thing from the 2000 world series you remember that one uh, right with the, Where, with the with clemens taking the sawed off bat and throwing it at piazza yeah, and throws and it claiming at piazza. he didn't throw it at him and yada, yada 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 he was just trying to get it off the field to play one i mean I remember seeing that 20 years ago and instantly thinking that's steroids right there because that's the kind of stuff you do. I mean, Vernon Adams looking at him during the replay, he's fearless. He's not afraid of this guy. And that's Adam Big Hill. 
you know, Adam Big Hill may be a pretty unassuming dude, but he's big, <laughs> you know, and he's everywhere on the football field these past three, four weeks. You know, I'd be I'd be scared in that situation. And he pulls like not quite a superhuman feat of strength, but certainly something crazy to do. And then he follows it with something else crazy by like, trying to, you know, assault the dude with it. Come on now. I would have tested this guy in 10 nanoseconds, man. I wonder, and I bet if, he there, I wonder if there too. is some sort of for cause testing in that in the um, in the testing. I, I don't know. You, I don't you know. Gotta I'm sure it's because... written in there somewhere where they if they believe they have probable cause, they can do so. But I might be thinking of any other of like 10 different policies I've seen in various leagues over a course of however long. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of which ever seemed to work properly. But in any case, no, that because that was my take on it, and it really, really got me. That really made me angry, especially after you know this 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 really excellent game that he played. Well, excellent two quarters that he that he played for the Alouettes, you know. And and he's just had a really great season, you know. After a couple of false starts with this team in the past three years, you know. I mean, I. I you should get a, a most improved player, you know, maybe even comeback as well. You can't really call it a comeback. Uh, he's been here for three years, right? So, so it's not really a comeback, but I don't know. Just having this great season, and now this is always going to be on the highlight reel. Um, good game in this game. I really liked, I got to say, one of the things I liked about this game most of all was it happened again on a CFL telecast, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, on a TSN telecast, I should say, where there's a live mic on. So they have to run that thing at the beginning of every uh, quarter where the voice comes on and says, you know, warning, explicit language. Some viewers may be offended. And then as soon as they end that, Rod Black comes in and says, welcome to Montreal. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. It makes me laugh every time. Too. Well, I, I, I'm I, a simple man. I, I tell you, though, I'm glad that the warning was there because I was definitely offended by the fourth quarter of that game. <laughs> Yeah, but not the language. <laughs> oh, there was language, all right. <laughs> household. <laughs> Let's just say I'm glad I was in the basement to watch this. One. Yeah, there you go. Now, you got to be careful, man. Your son's going to start acquiring language. <laughs> yeah, it, it, will, it, it won't be from me. I, I'm very good around him. He happened <laughs> to be upstairs taking a nap while this was all transpiring. So that's probably. And you kept thing. the volume down. Good. Yes good <laughs> all, right. all right in any case so i guess next week the alouettes get matt schultz and you can bet that rod black's going to be calling that game so finally maybe one of my other dreams is going to come through this week i'm sure that rod black's going to be on 10 second delay during that game for um verbal miscues let us say in any case we'll talk that montreal game and all the other games from next week right after this break CFL podcast. My name's Oz Davis. My co-host is Joe Pritchard. Let's talk playoffs. Playoff scenarios first. 
And then we'll talk next week's games. Okay, so Joe, I believe that Hamilton, based on their win, clinched a spot? Uh, yes. So here's okay. who has clinched the playoff berth so far. Okay, great. Hamilton, Calgary, and after spending a half hour bitching about their game last week, Winnipeg <laughs> clinched the playoff spot. <laughs> I just hope we can win a game. Playoffs. Okay. Now, what can happen this week? Okay, so what can happen this week is, let's start in the East, Montreal. If Montreal oh, right. wins or ties, combined with Toronto and Ottawa losses, Montreal secures a playoff berth. So as long as Montreal clears seven wins, either by seven and a half or eight, and Ottawa and Toronto both hit 11 losses. It's simple math. The tiebreaker oh, will see. not matter. Right. Montreal could not be caught by either of those two teams. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So in the West, Saskatchewan winning secures them a playoff berth because that would put them at nine wins and they wouldn't ha even have to worry about Ottawa and Toronto because neither of those two teams could get to... Uh, nine and neither can bc so they would at least if even if they cratered the rest of the season would end up nine and nine and they couldn't be caught by the by the bottom three so they would be in the playoffs yeah so uh bc can be eliminated this week an edmonton win and a bc loss would eliminate bc because bc would have 11 losses Right. Edmonton would have seven wins, and Edmonton would have the tiebreaker. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean Edmonton is in the playoffs, because theoretically they could still be caught by Ottawa, Toronto, what have you, for the crossover spot. Right, but right. they would eliminate BC from being able to get to that. So, right. So BC right. could be done as of this week with uh, combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that one of those Eastern teams is going to be at Edmonton. Right, That's, but, but we're talking we're talking simple math at this point. Yeah, we're yeah. not talking oh, yeah. about production. So yep. that is how yep. things yep. stand as far as the playoffs sit for week 16 it is. Okay, great, great. All right, so let's talk about what we're facing then. Got some, a couple of really interesting ones, starting with Hamilton. Four and a half point underdogs at Winnipeg. Now, see, here you go, Joe. I, I'm already thinking that Vegas or the bookmakers or whatever have more faith in Winnipeg than you do. Winnipeg, of course, is one of only the two undefeated home teams remaining. Hamilton was the other one. They're both 6-0. and oh. And uh, the Tigers are actually a pretty relatively mundane team away from home. They're only 4-3, and three, and... The game against Edmonton last week, the win against Edmonton last week in Edmonton, was the first time they've beaten a playoff team, uh, presumably a playoff team, on the road. So I, based on that alone, I'd be willing to go Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg is winning the games they need to. They're a 500-ball club, right, after week six. So I'll say they win this game at home. But I think that... Um, if I were to bet this one, and I might, <laughs> I, I might go um, Winnipeg to win, but Hamilton to cover. I think it could be close. That might be a good call. 
because yeah. I'm struggling to see how Winnipeg wins this one because the mm. because here and here's my reasoning. It's not just me moping. Okay. The offense that the Bombers are running right now is predicated on the other team not being crisp on their defensive assignments. It's a lot of running and a few long bombs uh, coupled with a lot of short passes. So a team that knows how to play defense, uh, wrap up ball carriers like we weren't seeing Montreal doing in the first half, but they figured out how to do in the second half. A team that is disciplined as Hamilton or Calgary going forward, of course, I think the Bombers would just have a lot of struggles against that type of team. And coming off of the loss that they were, that they just came off of, I could see Hamilton winning this one. But isn't Hamilton in danger of complacency? They could I mean, be, they've got a but long, easy road in front of them. The other thing is, though, they've heard all of this. Uh, they've heard people this talking about how they're only beating the bad teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're sick as hell. Of hearing that kind of thing so given that they've got an opponent on the potentially on the ropes why wouldn't they try to go for the kill here yeah and the schedule is pretty easy to the rest of the way they've got three home games uh one against ottawa one against toronto they've got the away game at montreal but that's in week you know that's in the second to last week of the season when both teams might be locked in and they have this game this literally could be the toughest game Hamilton has the rest of the season. Um, you know, they, they'll, they'll probably lose at Montreal, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that we'll see a lot of second stringers and the game won't be so significant. Um, so for that reason, Hamilton might be a good bet here because I can't imagine that Hamilton's going to have five losses this season. Just so just based on the, just based on the simple numbers, Joe, uh, Hamilton might be a good pick here, but but I'll go with Winnipeg. I'll, I'll I'll take your Winnipeg since I didn't take them last week. I'll take them this week. Uh, right, second game, we've got the team that can't score a touchdown versus the team that stopped playing defense. I guess Edmonton at Ottawa. Now this game doesn't have a line at the sports books yet because I guess we don't know whether Trevor Harris is returning. Logan Kilgore uh, had a real yo-yo of a game. He had a real roller coaster game last week, uh, passing for two touchdowns, running for one touchdown, but also throwing three pretty wicked picks. Make any stake on this game, given that neither team can score with Trevor Harris in the game? Yeah, I'd be all over this one for Edmonton. <laughs> if they're going to give me a pick on this, yeah. uh, I'm going to take Edmonton and run. Because Ottawa may be the worst team that we've ever talked about on this show. Really? Really? No, that's just because that's just because we haven't talked about the Dolphins. I don't know. The Riders put them out pretty bad there a few years ago. They did, <laughs> but at least they had some sort of talent base there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ottawa, I'm struggling to see it. It's yeah. really uh, like Saskatchewan was held back in the early in the late Chamberlain, early Jones days by a yes. lack of a quarterback. Ottawa's got that same problem too, uh, but there yeah. was a lot more around so that if Saskatchewan would have found somebody uh, that was not named Tino Sanceri, they would have most mm-hmm. likely had a lot better record. I don't know how well this team would play even with average quarterback play right now. There's just not a lot of talent there. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, begins and ends with a kicking game. This is this is a new definition of the rebuilding here. I mean, this is I, I honestly again, you know, talking about Ottawa, you have to think that this is like a reset to the expansion team. Um, I don't. It's not. Uh, keep in mind too that this. This is just no line yet. Um, I'm sure that when the line does come out, it's going to be you know seven points or so in Edmonton's favor. But geez, if I were Edmonton, I'd run with Kilgore one more week. Why not? Why risk it? You know, you're going to be going into the playoffs, the three seed on either side of uh, the table. So uh, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd rest your starting quarterback. What the hell? Right. Okay. So on Saturday, the second game. Wow, we got that triple header on Saturday. Again, gotta love that. Second game, middle game, is Saskatchewan at Toronto. How many point favorites are Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan, six and a half point favorites. Um, gee, the way that Toronto's playing lately, after they were hot for a little, well, hot-ish. They were staying in games for a little while, but I don't know. Lately, I don't like them very much. And Saskatchewan is, given, is coming off the bye. Um, you know, Toronto looked like the old Toronto last week, giving up six sacks, uh, you know, going down 23 to six before the Stampeders just kind of remembered that or forgot that they were playing football. Um, I got yeah, minus the touchdown at Toronto. Yeah. Riders all the way on this. I mean, when I was doing my total pick uh, you know, about, three minutes ago because that's when i do it these days <laughs> right my finger clicked right. on toronto and i'm like why did i do that i don't actually think this <laughs> and i went back and i i thought about it for another half a second and was like yeah i that's just a that's just a nutty thing to have done let's let me change that yeah yeah you got and i guess the sad thing for you joe is that saskatchewan passes winnipeg if you're correct right yeah, I could see so, that happening. But so, there is mm. one shot at redemption on that front, week 17. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yep, yep, so. yep, yep, yep. You got to get that back. Uh, right, okay. Last game, night game. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. Montreal, six-and-a-half-point underdogs at BC. I guess they don't have as much faith in the uh, – Schultz, the nascent Schultz era there in Montreal. I'll tell you what, man. It's tough to bet against your team playing, what, a 3-10? What is BNC? 2-10? 3-10. No, they're 3-10 because they beat Ottawa twice. Beat right? Ottawa twice in so, Toronto. And they won on the Rouge game, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I have to bet against my team for tell you what this is a night game this is in bc and every time this year montreal has had to go to a quarterback that's not named vernon adams the rest of the guys on this team just don't want to play all right now no knock on matt schultz but i don't know vernon adams has demonstrated some real leader stuff in this third go around in this third try with the team i don't know about this coaching staff with schultz I don't know if Schultz can inspire enough. I'm sure this game is going to hit the under or whatever it is. I'll find out what that is. But I'm going to have to take BC to win this game. I, I wouldn't bet this six and a half, so forget that. The uh, I don't even see an over-under on this game. So if you find one, take the under. This is going to be under. But I think BC wins, man. 
and I, I'm seeing I, I understand your reasoning but at the same time yeah. Montreal's got something to play for and BC doesn't at this point and you can bet that they're going to be trying to win one for their leader so I could see Montreal making this a game and given that we have the situation where Montreal has something to play for and BC doesn't I could see Montreal actually pulling this thing off yeah, but again, but see again, I'm just playing the numbers. I mean, is BC really three and fifteen? They well, could well, be no, that bad. Well, no, they, could, they they got Toronto next week, so they could be four and fourteen. In Toronto, though, right? Uh, no, they won. The Rouge game was in Toronto. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So I see your reasoning there. I'm I'm just going to be cautious. And and you know, again, you say Montreal has something to play for, but really, uh, that something is just Vernon Adams. Because I mean, come on, they have been locked into that number two spot since like week five or so. I mean, on realistically speaking, Joe. I mean, really seriously. I mean, they've been in that ever since we found out the true nature of the Ottawa Red Blacks. And, you know, Hamilton got off to that undefeated start or that very hot start. You know, I mean, Montreal's been the number two team in the East, you know, 10 weeks now. I mean, don't you think? I mean, like, honestly speaking. Yeah, that, that's probably where they end up. But right. I could see I could see them having enough emotion behind them this week to make it to make it not matter. Yeah. And I mean, the defense certainly is good, despite that. That first half last week against right. Winnipeg. And good defenses uh, so, that could put pressure on a quarterback aren't exactly BC's friend this year. Oh, sure. Are you kidding? That offensive line is still made out of tissue paper as far as I can tell. So Montreal definitely exploit that. I mean, we don't have the best pass rush in the league, but we'll be able to exploit that ridiculous offensive line at BC. It can't even be called the line. I can't believe how little improvement all year BC has shown. In any case, okay. Joe, you got any words of wisdom, man? Is there anything I can say to pull you out of the doldrums? Well, let's take a look at this Saturday doubleheader. Uh, I'm going to miss okay. a chunk of it for other for reasons, and good reasons, so okay. I'm not too okay. upset about this. I'm even less upset when I look at the matchups. I'm sure this is the way that the league drew it up when they <laughs> scheduled it this way, but there's a potential <laughs> for three crappy games on Saturday. And... As much as I hate to say it, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, because I love this game and I love this league, that might be a rough one to sit through. Well, but how can... Okay, but... Okay, on one hand, you're, like, talking me off the ledge on this Montreal game. But on the other hand, you know, you're, you're telling me it's not going to be a good game? I mean... I'm thinking more. We might see I'm some nice defense out of Montreal. I'm thinking more of the total package here of the three games. You have the oh, better, you mean the better Saturday. team? Yeah, the better okay. team right. at the weaker team. It just it doesn't re, and three of those in a row, uh, three teams okay. that are in the playoffs but not playing for first place necessarily. Although Saskatchewan does have an argument for it, going to teams that have lost ten games already. Uh, it doesn't right. really scream must-see TV, but given it's the CFL, watch. There'll be three or four insane <laughs> things that you're going to regret missing. Right, 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 right. So everybody's going to go 4-0 on Pick'em this week, right, Joe? 
Sure. <laughs> sure. There's something watch goofy o- is going to happen. But yeah, watch it's not Ottawa be win 28 to 3. It's not going to no, be. Ottawa. Watch a, no, watch it. No. They'll, they'll score four defensive touchdowns, dude. <laughs> and Edmonton, yeah, you know, Kilgore will throw three picks and they'll all be for six. And then, you know, the Eskimos will go back to uh, not being able to score in the red zone from the red zone. So there you go. That's that's the wacky. <laughs> I was hoping it'd be Toronto more so, but you I mean, know. okay, okay, Joe. Let me ask you this though: who do who do your Badgers get on Saturday? Because they played awesome against Michigan. Congratulations on that one. Yeah, I I haven't watched a Badger game since the Orange Bowl uh, against Miami. This might be your excuse. Nope. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, see, see. So then you're going. This is going to be a tough slog, but you're still going to pay attention to the CFL. Um, I don't know. I'd encourage you if you're still conscious on on Saturday night to maybe check out that Montreal BC game. I'm I'm going to watch it. I th- I think my guys are going to lose, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it for uh, Rod Black saying match shots. Uh, in any case, Joe, have a good weekend, man. I hope I hope it will be. I hope that I'm wrong <laughs> about the bombers. I really want to be wrong. You are. But there's a difference between hoping and believing, and right now I'm hoping. Fair enough. At least you are not without hope. I mean, I think that Winnipeg is still going to be top of the West after this weekend. So stay strong, brother. Right. Let's get out of here. For my co-host, Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis. This has been the Bruce White and Blue CFL podcast. Enjoy the games as much as you can. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.